Alright everyone, welcome back to the Royville Movie House. We have just stepped out of the theater and all my popcorn is gone, so it's time to review our latest bad movie. Yes, today we got to watch Teenage Zombies, released in 1959, directed by and written by Jerry Warren. The cast is kind of big for such a short movie. The runtime is only one hour and ten minutes. But I'm going to read them off. So Reg was played by Don Sullivan. Pam was played by Brianne Murphy. Skip was played by Paul Pepper. Julie by Mitzi Albertson. Dottie Nan Green. Maury by Jay Hawk. Ivan by Chuck Niles. Dr. Mira was Catherine Victor. The two agents were Worf, spelled like the Worf on the sea, not the character from Star Trek, Steve Conte, and Brandt, J.L.D. Morrison. And yeah. So IMDb summarizes the plot of this movie pretty succinctly. If I can pull it up, I'm sorry, guys. A crazed female scientist uses nerve gas to turn local teenagers into her unquestioning slaves. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll just start with the plot and we'll cover characters later if we need to do more. I don't think we do. I think we'll probably hit all we need to do in the plot. So, yeah, the characters really weren't all that deep. Not particularly. So... The movie starts with a bunch of teenagers at the local diner talking about going water skiing on a local lake. And one of them has found an island, which evidently is 30 to 40 miles away from where the boats go. Or the boats. 30 to 40 miles. Yeah. So it's a really big lake. Now that I think about it. It's a really yeah. big lake. Well, you said it was 300 square miles. The lake is? I thought so. The water or whatever, yeah. Huh. I guess I missed that line. Anyway, so they all discuss they're going to go water skiing, except for Dottie and Maury, who they're going to go horseback riding instead, and then they'll meet up later. So that's the whole first scene. They take a boat with no skis, by the way. Well, we don't see them, I guess. There's no skis in the boat, and they're not wearing clothing that would be indicative of water sports in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, they just had their regular clothes on that they had earlier in the day. Maybe they had bags in the boat. We don't really know. I guess. They were just going to change in front of each other on on the lake. It's fine. Sure. So anyway... They find this island that Reg, I believe, is the one he discovered. Um, They're sitting on the beach talking about how awesome the beach parties would be on this hidden island. And they explore a little further inland and find some structures and a a house. Like a, a house. And they go and knock on the door. And the door's never locked. Like, ever. So they go and knock on the door. Well, they are on a secluded island. And an attractive lady answers the door and offers them Cokes. Kind of Elvira-esque. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know. Just her look kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, she did have a vampy 
sort of look to her. The two boys, Reg and Skip, leave the bo- the girls on the beach while they go and investigate the structures. So Reg and Skip are sitting in Elvira's kitchen drinking Coke while Ivan... Drinking some Cokes. While Ivan is taking the girls and taking them captive. So the doctor gets the boys, locks them up. So they're in cages. Ivan kind of like an Igor style character but he doesn't talk nah um so yeah the kids are all locked in cages and told they can't leave but if they behave they they'll they'll be able to live and that's it and then we go back to the mainland where maury can't find reg who's supposed to be meeting him so they can go to the beach and have a party or something i can't remember what exactly they were meeting up for and so maury goes to the sheriff and reports his friend's missing. The sheriff says, eh, it's okay. We'll look for him. Don't worry about it, kid. And Maury decides, I'm going to look for him too. So he takes Wally's boat. No need to ask Wally. He won't mind. He's the owner of the dock, I'm assuming. Anyway, that's a line from the movie. (laughs) What's a line from the movie? You don't need to ask him. Wally won't mind. And so Dottie and Maury go looking for their missing friends. Find the island 30 to 40 miles away from the dock, by the way. And find the house. And Elvira offers them sandwiches. But they say, no, no, uh, we need to be getting along. They get back in their boat, and as they're leaving, the two agents come to the island, and they pass each other, staring each other down as they pass each other on the boats. I wanted them to yell, I loved you on Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) But turns out that the two agents were, that were coming to visit Dr. Mira, uh, Mira, Dr. Mira, um, are agents from an Eastern power. I'm kind of guessing that this was a Russian... Obviously, they had no accents. They didn't even try for accents. Uh, But I'm guessing it was kind of some kind of Russian plot to take over uh, the American landscape. Yeah. Because they wanted to do something with the people. They didn't want to drop bombs because that would destroy the infrastructure. That would destroy the buildings, the land... They wanted to basically destroy the people so they could move in. Yeah, pretty much. So they have a meeting and her timetable has to be accelerated and she can't do it. Basically, the whole thing is based on gases. From what the explanation scene said, I think there were 12 of them. Yeah, she kept saying this gas and that gas, and then I'm doing this gas, and the second gas of the third gas. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> so the first gas basically paralyzes the victim and wipes their brain. The second gas uh, makes them susceptible to suggestion. And then there's another antidote to the whole thing, to the whole shebang. So there you go. That's the plan. They're going to drop these into the water supply of the United States and turn America into mindless zombies. Um, However, in her experiments... Mindless zombies that will do anything you say. Oh, right, right. 
Um, in the explanation, she did say that in her test subjects, they mostly die. Not the test subjects, like, as a number, like, if you test on four people, three of them die. The implication was that all four of them mostly die. So they weren't quite dead. Just the way the sentence structure was, it was a very odd, very odd line. But anyway, so at this point, we're about halfway through the movie. And guess what? It's pretty quick, yeah. But what? There's no zombies. Well, yeah, true. Well, the well there's no teenage zombies. Well, right, correct. Okay, there was no teenage zombies yet. Okay. So, we go back to the mainland because Maury and Dottie have come back and said, Hey, we think that lady lied to us and that our friends are actually there. And the sheriff's like, No, no, no. What makes you think that you're just kids? Blah, blah, blah. So they make him, they basically, not make him, they talk him into. And then what, and what did I say? That the sheriff knew about it. Yep. I'll bet you he's in on it. The first time they went to the police. Spoilers for later, by the way. <laughs> so Dottie and Mori are very persuasive and persuade him to accompany them back to the island to talk to this lady. So they get there and they interrupt the meeting of the agents and the explanation. Um, there's some experimentation with the gorilla, which, by the way, the guy in the gorilla suit, best actor of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, so they do some experimentation on the, the gorilla and the gas works on the gorilla and they decide they're going to do their final testing on the four kids they have in the cages. All right. So Maury and Dottie crash their party. The sheriff says, well, you're not leaving because, surprise, the sheriff's in on it. And they would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those pesky kids. Exactly. So the boys in the cage have Jimmy their lock, but they can't Jimmy the girl's lock. So Ivan comes in to get the girls for the final experiment. The girls are in the room, the gas chamber thing in the suburban house, and... Suburban house on an island that looks very... I mean, the, the house looks like you just walk down the street and you're invited into somebody's house. It doesn't look creepy. Well, there's a basement with cages. Gotcha. Yes, that's creepy. But other than that, the house is extremely normal. I think even Ellen said it was just the house of one of the actors. It was. Yeah, they got one of the guys who played the agent. It was his house, the one with the initials. It was uh, J.L.D. Morrison, and that was his house that they filmed most of the most of the movie in. Um, with a wet bar and a really, really big icebox, actually, to tell you the truth. Mm. I'm kind of jealous of that wall of icebox, but, um, and some really horrible wallpaper. But anyway, so there, the, the girls are in the, that's where I left off. The girls are in the gas chamber, um, and a fight scene ensues, which involves all the actors who are not in the gas chamber grabbing each other and rolling around on the floor. Yeah, a lot of rolling around. Very, uh, it was wrestling as opposed to a fight. Yeah, there was uh, very few punches thrown. There were a few punches thrown, but not until after the wrestling was over. Right. Um, so that happens for a little while. And during the wrestling, the doctor hits the release button for the gases, and the girls are turned into the brain wiped. 
I guess zombies. I guess they were zombies for 30 seconds. Yeah. They looked the same. They were just young, blonde, teenage girls that would do anything you told them to do. Not weird at all. At all. (laughs) Anyway, so the teenage boys, I I need to stress this, and I cannot stress this enough. The teenage boys have managed to wrestle the firearms away from the agents of an eastern power. Right. And then they wave them around, obviously, like they're props in a movie. And they're like, hey, you better not do stuff, see? And, like, the guns (laughs) are, like, right next to them. And the bad guys not once really... I think one time they tried to take a gun away. And he just said, hey, 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 hey. Hey, you guys. But, Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. Oh, I forgot that they shot the sheriff because the sheriff was going to go back and turn him in or something. I don't know. But they didn't shoot the deputy. No, they did not. The deputy was back on the mainland. (laughs) He he was smart to stay out of this. Uh, So they're rolling around on the floor. Gas gets released. They finally release the girls from the chamber, and they're yelling at the the scientist to make her give the antidote because nobody knows about the antidote. And she's like, I can't help you. And they get into a big argument. And so they put the scientist in the gas chamber and decide to turn her into a mind wipe zombie who will do anything that they ask. So they get her back out. And for whatever reason, she won't give them the, probably because her mind's been wiped. I don't know. Like that whole thing when she was the zombie part. I didn't quite get why she wasn't doing what they wanted him, what, what they yeah, wanted her to. I don't, I don't know. But they find the antidote uh, by hook or crook, and they give it to her to make sure it works. It works, and then they give it to the girls, and everybody's fine. Pretty much. Oh, and the reward for all this is a trip to Washington D.C. to have the president interview them. Yes. Oh, and a uh, trip to go find their boat, which they hadn't found yet. So. Uh, there you are. I honestly, if we had to talk about the characters, I would be very surprised. There was um, no character development. Not at all. The kids, the, the teenagers were pretty much teenage USA, I would assume, at the time. Um, you know, there was kind of the... The nerdy couple, maybe. Mm-hmm. And Donnie, then, yeah, or at least the younger couple. The younger the couple, yeah. And then kind of the popular couple. And then kind of the jock couple. But really, that was maybe you saw that because of a line or two. Not really anything that the actors were doing. Probably directed to do. Nothing like that. So, um, instead of going into the characters, um, I will say... The movie was terrible. And I thought the the, the actual film was terrible. Not just the movie. The actual, like, watching because there were lines in it. And to me, it made it look like, well, it is from the 50s. Maybe their copy was bad. um, Because it was released in, we watched a... 2018 copy. 2018 re-release. And so I figured maybe the film had just degraded or whatever. Ellen said she didn't think that was the case. It it could have been the case. But I would think that if they were re-releasing it in 2018 after restoration, some of those cracks would have 
just not been there. Yeah. Even, not, even with degraded film. Right, right. But my biggest question on that was who decided that re-releasing this was something that they wanted to spend their time on? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it was a class project. It was a, a film that only had a runtime of an hour and ten that's minutes. That's true. That's true. Maybe there was just some uh, college guy that was like, hey, we got this old tape. Let's put it to digital and get a grade for it. I yep. mean, I don't know. It it could have just been that somebody remember, maybe somebody who actually worked on the film had a good time working on the film and wanted to re-release it. I don't know. In their I don't know. 80s? <laughs> Fair enough. That's actually very true. <laughs> my bad. Um, so, my God, this movie was just awful. But, it was just kind of boring. I mean, everybody was bland. Um, the action scenes really weren't that dynamic. There was a lot of rolling around on the ground. They obviously didn't hire a choreograph or a choreographer for this. Um, the death scene of the sheriff was entertaining. Yeah, it was a bang bang, and then obviously there well not even obviously, but there was no. Notice that he got shot, no special effect or anything. There was no, no blood brown, on his shirt. No brown <laughs> jelly on his shirt. He just kind of, uh, and fell to the ground. Um, I will say that the island's name was Mullet Island. That's true. That's true. That was amusing. And there was one, and I know this, Steve's going to like roll his eyes at this, but there was one shot of Ivan coming down the stairs that was actually genuinely creepy. They did a good job well, with that I one mean, shot. I mean, back in the day, you know, in the 50s, it was it was a well-done shot. I won't I won't disagree with that. But it was It was odd being in this movie, <laughs> however, but <laughs> So I did look up a little bit of trivia about this movie before we watched it. Um, like I like we said before, the house was owned by J.L. D. Morrison, who was an actor in the film. Uh, the island and boat scenes were filmed at the Salton Sea, which is an inland saltwater lake in California. And I think they did it under the radar, so they didn't have to pay location fees. No, well, well that is very specifically. I can see that in this film. I can see them trying to do a lot. I mean, they borrowed this guy's boat and didn't even ask him. Probably wasn't even there. It's like, uh, kids, just grab one of these boats. Don't worry. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Yeah. Wally won't mind. <laughs> Wally won't mind. <laughs> but the Salton Sea actually is <coughs> sort of a ecological disaster now. So it's been in the headlines a little bit um, within the past five years. It's the... It's a salt sea, and it's the levels going down, so the sailing level of the lake is getting higher, so you shouldn't swim in it, and things yeah. like that. So that was something that just kind of stood out as interesting to me, because I'd actually heard of it. Um, and then the title score and most of the score of the movie was taken from a piece called Kronos by Bert Schefter and Paul Sautel. And it was uncredited. Which is interesting as well. Once again, uncredited. Probably doing this movie on the cheap. But, for example, the kids or the teenagers are looking for their boat. And they're basically just walking this island and kind of looking at bushes and rocks. Because, you know, they probably buried the boat underneath this pebble or two. But anyway, <laughs> and there's this, like, epic music going on. And I'm like, 
Um, I don't think this music really fits what's going on in the show. Like, not at all. It was, it was good music, too. I mean, it wasn't, for movie scoring music, I mean, it's not necessarily something you put on your stereo and just... I mean, I it, think about basically Flash Gordon serial music mm-hmm. to this movie. That's kind of what it reminded <laughs> it me of. It did not fit. Did not fit at all. Um, the other bit of trivia is that Jerry Warren, the writer and director of this movie, is married to, or was married to, they might both be passed away, Brianne Murphy, who played Pam in the movie. She was one of the blondes. Oh. And this movie was written on their honeymoon. Well then. And was this movie, this so this was released in the theater? It, it had as the release date of April 1960. So um, I guess you would have to almost release that into the theater. But I don't know exactly how things, I mean, there's limited release movies now, so maybe it was released to a movie theater. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Ah, okay, well, that's, I mean, because I find it hard to believe that somebody picked this up in a wide release. Oh, so. agreed. I mean, even in comparison with some of the bad movies that I watch. Right. This was, this movie came off as a high school class project. I yeah. mean. Yeah. I mean, because especially a lot of the scenes, you know, a lot of the scenes were in the house or a lot of the scenes were on a coast. I mean, especially if they're doing it on the cheap or kind of doing it guerrilla style where they're not telling anybody and they're just kind of, I mean, you probably could have made this for. The cost of tape. The cost of tape, yeah. I mean, and so it really does make me, you know, think that this is a low budget. Somebody had an idea for a movie. Hey, let's do a movie. Let's get basically some of our friends together and and put this thing out. Maybe we'll make some money on it. Maybe we'll make some art. Spoiler alert, they didn't make any art, but maybe they made some money on it if it was so cheap to produce. Oh, yeah, I... All right, so here we come to the questions I always ask. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you hate me? Um, it was a short movie. Um, it did kind of make me want to fall asleep a few times. Uh, not a lot going on. Um, but I'll say a 6 because it was a short movie. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So six is not right, or six is not six is hit. actually more than half. You hate me more than half. Okay, so four. We'll say a four <laughs> then. All right, and number two, does this deserve to be on our list? It deserves to be honestly forgotten. Um, I hate to say that when somebody creates something, but I don't think it's. One of the worst movies. I don't think it deserves to be one of the worst movies of all time. uh, Especially in the top 50. Or remembered as. Or even remembered as. It's just one of those movies that maybe somebody made. And then you just forget about it as time goes on. Um, Like I said, it came across as kind of a class project almost. Or a bunch of friends like filming a movie over a weekend. Right, right. And that once that group of friends is kind of... I mean, I guess, yes, in the fact that it probably hits a lot of those worst movie tropes. 
but I guess I'm kind of having as we do this uh, an odd an odd way of figuring out what really constitutes a worst movie because to me this movie is bad yes worst movie no it's just forgettable you don't even need to watch this movie I don't know and the thing is I I guess that you and I did not discuss what we would we would what criteria we would judge bad movies by mm. Um, I think Battlefield Earth is a good criteria, but we'll go, we'll continue on. Um, but I don't understand, um, when you have an Ed Wood movie that's a feature-length movie that is not well-written, the, the plot's a little meandery, and the acting is bad, and yet it's entertaining. So I don't know what happens between something like... An Ed Wood movie like Revenge of the... Uh, not Revenge. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes versus this. Versus Teenage Zombies, which is totally forgettable. Because Attack, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is not a forgettable movie, but it's awful. Right. Yeah. So, or Battlefield Earth in this. Like, what... What ticks the boxes on Battlefield Earth versus Teenage Zombies that makes Battlefield Earth feel like a worse movie than Teenage Zombies? Is it because known actors are in it? Or is it like because they spent so much money on it and all of a sudden you're looking at this, you know? So we didn't, Steve and I, to be fair, did not sit down and discuss our joint criteria. So I think he might have different criteria than I do, which is fine. But also, I mean, it's hard for me to discuss, like, what makes... Because I'm not a, a film... Well, I guess I am a film critic now. Um, but I like what I like. Um, and probably a lot of those movies, people would be like, um, really? Because I love Zapped. And it would probably be on one of the 50 worst movies of all time if people had actually seen the thing. So, uh, Zach, by the way, uh, Scott Bayo, Willie Ames, go ahead and uh, see that if you can. Um, but anyway, another uh, teen movie um, with uh, some kind of supernatural stuff in it. So, there you go. Um, anyway, back to uh, our review. Um, so, I would agree with Steve, but I think that a movie that is this badly made? I mean, the sound was bad, the acting was bad, the writing was bad, the direction was bad. It was bad. I It probably deserves to be on this list, but maybe not in the top, maybe not as high up on the list as, as, as it is. Um, even Ega, I think, held more entertainment value than what this movie did. Mm. And I know that Ega was pretty boring. But this, this, granted, was only an hour of our time, a little more than an hour of our time, but right. it did feel a little longer because it was not a whole lot of stuff happening. Right, it, yeah. It, Once again, kind of leaning on the, this is somebody's just pet project, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to a movie that was made to be released, so to speak. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. But... So I feel like it deserves to be on the list, but maybe not as high up as as they have it. Yeah, maybe in the 80s or 90s. Yeah. So that's where we're at. 
All right, everyone, that was our review of the movie Riverdale. <laughs> All right, so coming soon to the Royville Movie House, we have 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is number 15 on American Film Institute's Top 100. It was released in 1968. And for the following week, which is our next bad movie, it's a movie called Spider Baby or The Meta Story Ever Told from 1967, which actually, funny enough, is also number 15 on its list. Interesting. All right. So it looks like they're lighting the lamps on the streets of Royville. So we are done here. I hope you enjoyed our review of Riverdale. And if you wish to see it, go ahead and comment on it. Subscribe for more reviews, more discussions of the top 50 best and worst movies of all time. Hit notification. And until next time, have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye.